today, uh, Pastor Jeffrey Allen Johnson II, the Associate Pastor of Preaching and Teaching at the Eastern Star Church, is going to come with a word from the Lord on today. So open your hearts, minds, and souls, and be receptive to what God is speaking to you. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the God we serve is worthy to be praised. I'm so excited to share God's word with you today. Let us pray together. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts, let them be acceptable in thy sight. God, you are our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name that we pray, amen. There's a word from the Lord found in Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. And I'm going to begin reading at verse number 24. I'm going to just read verses 24 and 25 to get us started today. Uh, but in your own private time with God this week, I will ask you to read all of chapter three, well, which will make up the context that God wants us to have today. Daniel chapter three, verse 24 from the New Living Translation puts it this way. But suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unarmed, unarmed, and the fourth looks like a god. Nebuchadnezzar said, look, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. Real quick, I want to talk about surviving the fire, surviving the fire. Um, National Geographic defines wildfires as a fire that is unplanned and uncontrollable. And these wildfires are known in areas like California and Arizona, even across the seas in places like Australia and even Russia, these wildfires. And when we see these wildfires, we can see the destruction that they cause on residents in the area. Uh, but then, of course, these wildfires cause destruction to the animals in the area, even the plants and the trees. And when we see these wildfires in the news, it intrigues me when I see the pictures of these wildfires that certain trees remain standing in the midst of the fire. That even after the fire is over in the wake of the fire, certain trees still standing strong. Some are even growing immediately after the fire. And it intrigued me so much that I had to go ask the theologian, the scholar Google, how do trees survive the fire? In hopes of the results that I found would not just be a blessing to this message, but a blessing to myself. Whenever life throws fires my way, I want to learn how to survive the fire. And so uh, Google helped me to understand that depending on the trees, determines how the trees survive fires. Uh, trees like the southern yellow pine, these trees survive the fire because even though the fire takes out the above ground growth of these trees, the fires don't touch the roots of the trees. Uh, trees like the southern yellow pine have deep roots and the, and the nutrients of the roots help the tree to bounce back after the fire. The fire takes out everything that is above ground, but it doesn't touch anything that is unseen. 
and the strength of the yellow pines, the strength is found in the roots. In other words, these trees can bounce back because of the strength that is in the roots, which causes me to ask us today, when the fires of life come, comes our way and it destroys everything that we can see, like the possessions and our relationships and perhaps our jobs and the monies that we have, when, it, when the fire destroys everything we can see, what, what is your life rooted in? Is it rooted in earthly physical possessions? Or is your life rooted in the unseen realities of God? Or is your life rooted in those things that are spiritual? Because when we root our lives in those things that are spiritual, regardless of what the fire destroys, it can't destroy our faith. It can't destroy our joy. And we can bounce back from the fire. I asked Google, how do trees survive the fires? And depending on the tree determines how the tree survives. Trees uh, like the coffee berry or the red berry tree, these trees survive because, in fact, these trees have seeds that are dormant in fire-prone environments. They, 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 they may be dormant for several years, just awaiting for a fire to come. And when the fire finally shows up in these environments, these seeds that were once dormant are now producing and growing and flourishing into everything that, this, that God created this tree to be. That These seeds were dormant until the fire showed up. In other words, these seeds needed the fire to come so that they can produce, so that they can flourish, so that they can sprout and grow and mature into everything God created it to be. And for some of us, we are like red berry seeds that we don't grow until the fire shows up. Had it not been for the fire, we wouldn't have grown in our faith. Had it not been for the fire, our family wouldn't have matured. Had it not been for the fire, we wouldn't have the finances that we have. Had it not been for the fire, our future wouldn't be clear. Our career wouldn't be strong. But thank God for the fire because God has given us everything we need in the fire to grow and mature into what God wants us to be. And I thank God for the fire. We don't have to be afraid of the fire. In fact, wasn't it not Peter who said that we shouldn't be surprised when fiery tri trials come our way? Because God has given us everything we need to survive the fire. And this is where we find the three Hebrew boys in Daniel chapter 3. In Daniel chapter 1, they've already, uh, they've already rejected the king's food. They decided to not defile themselves of this cultural brainwash of the cultural brainwashing that the king and the, and the Babylonian empire tries to give them. And so now, by the time we get to Daniel chapter 3, they already have government-issued jobs. And so now, King Nebuchadnezzar is putting on a party to honor himself. He has put this party together to give honor to himself. And so he invites all the government officials, all the political leaders, all the community organizers to come and to help him celebrate himself. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were the few that were invited to this party. It's actually a propaganda that was disguised as a party because King Nebuchadnezzar erects this golden statue of himself 90 feet 
high and nine feet wide. It's full of, it's made of pure gold. And so he erects this golden statue of himself, erects it right in the plain of Dora in the midst of the Babylonian empire. And so this statue that he erects is not just giving honor to himself, but really it was a reminder of those who were oppressed. It was a reminder that they have been kidnapped from their hometown. It was a reminder that their names have been changed. It represented the evil social political system of the Babylonian empire. And so here is this statue. It has been erected and the king invites all the leaders to show up and to not just bow down and worship the golden statue, but to be complicit, to be silent against the evil social system of that day because King Nebuchadnezzar had many people a part of different ethnicities and nations as slaves to his empire. And so here they are a part of this statue that is being erected and the king has invited all the leaders to show up to show their support of this evil social system. And it dawned on me that the reason why King Nebuchadnezzar invited all the leaders to show up to show their support to this evil social system was because the king thought that if I can get the leaders on the same page, then soon enough the people will follow. And can I pause right here? Because I truly believe that in the midst of this pandemic, God is exposing the hearts of many leaders in our society in the midst of this health pandemic in the midst of this racial pandemic economic pandemic there's another pandemic that we don't really talk about it's the pandemic of weak leaders in high places we see that God is exposing the heart of weak leaders who are being complicit and silent to the evil social system that we are experiencing here in these yet to be United States of America we have these weak leaders in different areas of society that are being silent, that are showing their support to this evil social system that is keeping people down and oppressed. We see leaders in political places. We see leaders in corporate spaces. We see leaders even in the sports world and even in church that are being exposed. Their hearts, their intentions, their theologies are being exposed because they are showing their support to King Nebuchadnezzar and and his evil social system. And so now here King Nebuchadnezzar, not only has he invited all the leaders in Daniel chapter three to show up to support his evil social political system that is being represented by this statue, this image that he's erected, but he also has invited all the musicians and artists in the land. When you go back and read Daniel chapter three, you'll discover that King Nebuchadnezzar wanted to add some music to his propaganda. King Nebuchadnezzar wanted to blend the music and the policies of his nation in order to influence the people to give in to this social evil political system that he had in place. And so he invited all the artists and the musicians to come to play in order to influence the leaders and the people in that system to give in. Matter of fact, here's what King Nebuchadnezzar wanted to do. He invited 
the musicians and artists to come to produce a soundtrack to his oppressive system. That's what it was. These musicians and artists came to provide sounds for the system, to provide a soundtrack for the system in order for the people to be reminded that they were kidnapped from their hometown, to be reminded that the king saw them as slaves, to be reminded that they were an oppressed group of people. And so here are these musicians giving the soundtrack to the evil political social system of that day. And does that not remind us of what goes on here in these yet to be United States of America? That if you and I are not careful, we will be consuming and be influenced by the sounds of the system, by the soundtrack of the system. That's why you and I have to be careful of the music that we tend to, the music that we are listening to. Because if we're not careful, the music may cause us to be silent. The music may cause us to be stagnant. The music may cause us to give in to the evil empire. That's why many of the, the much of the music that we listen to reminds us that the empire calls us outside of our name. The music affirms the negative impact, the negative perception of the empire. The, the, the music affirms the fact that the empire sees us as inwards. The music affirms the fact that the empire views our women as bees and thoughts and ratchet and savages. If we're not careful, we will allow the soundtrack of the system to influence us in the midst of this evil social system. But let us not just stop at the music. But if truth be told, there are other sounds in our society that play as the soundtrack of the oppressive system that we are a part of, not just the music, but can I ask you a question? Where do you get your news? Because if you're not careful, the news will keep you silent. Where do you get your sermons from? Because if you're not careful, sounds of certain preachers and theologians will cause you to think that social justice is heresy, will cause you to think that slavery was a blessing. Because if you're not careful, the sounds of the system, the soundtrack of the system will cause you to bow down to the images, will cause you to support the social political system that keep us oppressed in this empire and so here is king nebuchadnezzar he puts on his his he puts on his own party and he erects this image he erects this statue 90 feet high nine feet wide he invites all the musicians and artists to come to give soundtrack to the system he brings the leaders on board to show their support of this social evil political system and so he, he plays the music and he gives a law. He says, once the music is played, Y'all got to bow down to this statue. And so here the musicians begin to play their harps and to play their, their, their lyres and to play the music. And the people begin to bow down to this statue. Everybody was bowing down except three people. Three people decided not to bow down. Three people decided to take a stand. Three people decided that they wasn't going to give in to this evil political system. That they decided to not show their support. 
report. And so three people out of all the people that were there decided not to give in. And they ended up being face to face with the king himself. Wait a minute. Only three people? Yeah, because it doesn't take much to cause a ruckus. It doesn't take many people to make a noise in an evil society. It was only three people. And these three people decided to take a stand. And as a result of taking a stand in this evil system, they ended up facing the fire. It don't take much. Colin Kaepernick is a testimony to that. At all the players in the NFL, one player decided to take a stand. And as a result, he ended up facing the fire. It doesn't take many people to help change the system. Twelve disciples decided to preach God's word, to preach Jesus Christ, to preach that Christ is king of kings in an evil empire called the Roman Empire. And as a result, they were in prison. They were stoned. They were crucified. Because when you take a stand, you'll end up facing the fire. It don't take much. There was one man named Jesus who testified that the spirit of the Lord was upon him to preach good news to the poor, to set the captives free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And as a result, he ended up being arrested for a crime he didn't do. As a result, he ended up being executed on a public stage. As a result, he ended up being crucified because when you and I take a stand in an evil environment, we end up facing the fire. But the good news about it is God has given us everything we need to survive the fire. And that's what happened. The three Hebrew boys ended up face to face with King Nebuchadnezzar. And King Nebuchadnezzar said, well, well, maybe y'all didn't hear me. I know y'all were in the back when I told y'all the law. Maybe y'all didn't hear me. I'm going to give you another chance. We're going to play this music one more time and I'm going to give you another chance to bow down to this to this statue. And if you don't bow down, I'm going to toss you into the fiery furnace. That was the law. If you don't bow down, you'll get tossed in the fiery furnace. And then King Neb asked them a question. Well, what God is going to save you from the fiery furnace? What God is going to rescue you? And, 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 and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, King, we will never bow down to your statue. And to answer your question, you ask us what God is going to rescue us from the fire. He said, they said, oh, we serve a God that is able to rescue us. We don't know if he'll rescue us, but we know that he is able to rescue us. And that brings me to my first point in this short message is this, that the way that we are going to survive the fire is because we serve a God who is able. That's all I got to say right there. The Bible lets us know that God is able. And, and the three Hebrew boys understood that there was a tension between the ableness of God and the willingness of God. Just because God is able doesn't mean that God is willing to do it. It doesn't mean that it's a part of the plan of God for our life. Every now and again, God will show us that he's able, but sometimes God will show us that, that his ableness is not attached to the plan that God has for our life. But I'm here to let you know that even if God doesn't do it, we can still praise God for the fact that God is able to do it. Matter of fact, that's a reason to praise God in a pandemic right there. That's a reason to give God praise, glory, and honor for the very fact that God is able. That's why I'm here to let you know. I know it looks bad. I know it looks like you're defeated. I know it looks like it's over, but I'm here to remind you that God is able. God is able to save your family. God is able to give you a healing. God is able to comfort you. God is able to give you deliverance. God is able to provide 
provide your need. God is able to give you a hand. I don't know about you, but I thank God for the fact that God is able. God is able to give God's grace, and God's grace will give you everything you need to overcome the fire. Isn't it good news to know that God is able? God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, think, or imagine. God is able to keep you from falling. God is able to give you everything you need to survive the fire. God is able. And, and, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego told King Nebuchadnezzar, they said, we don't know if God is going to do it, but we know that God is able to do it. And that's how we can survive the fire because we serve a God that is able. And that response had the king ticked off so much so that the Bible says that, all right, y'all say God is able? Cool, let's find out. And so he called the strongest men on his team to come and bind them young boys up. And then he says that we are going to not just tie you up, but we're going to turn the furnace up seven times hotter than usual. We're going to turn the heat up on you. We're going to turn the fire up on you. And I don't know about you, my brothers and my sisters, but it feels like the enemy has turned up the fire on us. It feels like the enemy has turned the heat up on us. Doesn't it feel like they turned up the heat up on us? Only a few months ago, they declared COVID-19 as a global pandemic. And it seems like they turned the heat up on us because more black people are dying from this virus than any other group of people. It seems like they turned the heat up on us. When, when Drayshawn Reed gets killed with 14 bullets running away, it seems like they turned the heat up on us. When Ahmaud Arbery gets killed while running in his neighborhood, it feels like they turned the heat up on us. When, when, when Breonna Taylor gets killed by sleeping in a room, it seems like they turned the heat up on us. When, when it seems like these, our young people are being hung all over the nation, it appears as if they've turned the heat up on us. They got a knee to our neck where we can't breathe. We're running away and they still shoot us. It seems like they've turned the heat up on us. But I want to remind you that even though the enemy turned the heat up on us, we serve a God that'll get in the fire with us. That's how we can survive the fire because not only is God able, but God is active. The the Bible lets us know that when those men threw the boys into the fire, the very men that threw them in the fire ended up dying from the fire. Ain't that crazy? The very men that tried to get them fired ended up being fired. And when the boys were tossed into the fire, they were bound and they were tossed into the fire. The Bible says that the king had to look another time. He's, he jumped up in astonishment and amazement and said to his boys, he said, I thought I told y'all to throw three people into the fire. I thought I told you to bind up three people and toss them into the fire. And, the, and, and his boy said, King, you did tell us that. That's what we did. Then the king looked again and says, then how come I see four men in the fire un, unharmed walking around? They, 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 they threw them into the fire bound and the Bible says they fell into the fire bound. And now King Neb says, I see Four men in the fire, loose and walking around. And then he says this, and the fourth one looks like the son of God. Another translation. The fourth one looks like a man that has an appearance of God. 
another one. Uh, uh, the fourth one looks like an angel. And, and the reason why these boys survived the fire, the reason why you and I can't survive the fire is because we serve a God that doesn't just sit high and look low, but we serve a God that gets active. We serve a God that gets in the midst of human affairs. We serve a God that will never leave us nor forsake us. We serve a God that gets in the midst of problematic circumstances. I thank God that we serve a God on high that has a way of getting in the midst of the fire with us. God gets active. That's why you don't have to give up on your problem. That's why you don't have to throw in the towel. That's why you don't have to kill yourself. That's why you don't have to walk around depressed because we serve a God that gets active. And God got in the fire with the boys. I love that. That, that God didn't take them out of the fire, but God got in the fire with them. And, and, and that's why and that's why we need to tap into the power of prayer, because when you and I tap into the power of prayer, we begin to understand that prayer isn't always God changing our situation. But prayer is allowing God to get in the situation with us. And every now and again, God has a way of getting in the situation with us. That's why God had to remind us through the Apostle Paul that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not a fire, not a pandemic, not social injustice, not crazy leaders. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Because every now and again, God has a way of showing up in the midst of our fire. We got a God that has a history of showing up. And that's why I love the translations of, of, of the Hebrew scriptures to remind us that we don't know how God is going to show up. We just know that God is going to show up. God will show up like an angel. God will show up like a man with an appearance of God. God will show up like the son of God. I don't know how God showed up in the midst of that fire, but I just thank God that God has a way of showing up. He shows up like he, he, he shows up like a, a wrestling angel with Jacob. He he shows he shows up like a ram in the bush for Abraham. He shows up like like stones and a slingshot for David. I don't know how God shows up, but I just thank God that God has a way of showing up. He shows up like sleeping lions in the lion's den for Daniel. He he shows up like an earthquake in the midst of the of the midst of the Philippian jail for Paul and Silas. I don't know how God shows up, but I just thank God that God has a way of showing up. And I don't know about you, but we don't have to give up in the midst of what we're going through because God has a way of showing up. He'll show up like a paid bill. He'll show up like a marriage that is mended back together again. He'll show up like children coming back home. He'll show up like provision. He'll show up like a covering. He'll show up like a provider. I don't know how God will show up, but God will show up. He'll show up like a healer. He'll show up like a comforter. He'll show up with somebody that will give you peace, that will surpass human understanding. God has given us everything we need to survive the fire because not only is God is able, but God is active and God will get in the midst of the fire with us. And King Nebuchadnezzar looked in, sees four and says, wait a minute, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, y'all should come, on, come, come, come out of the fire. And the Bible says that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they stepped out the fire. And, and when they stepped out the fire, they were no longer bound. Matter of fact, they didn't even look like they'd been through the fire because when God gets active, 
God begins to burn off everything that has us bound. That's what the fire did for, for, for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The fire burned off everything that had them bound. And I believe that's what God is doing in the life of this fire, in the life of this pandemic. God is burning everything that has us bound. God is using the fire to set us free. For some of us, we were bound to drugs and alcohol, and God will use the pandemic to set us free. For some of us, we were bound to depression and bound to anxiety, but God is somehow using all that is to set us free. God is using the fire to set us free in the midst of, of family issues and family drama. I don't know about you, but God has a way of using the fire to set us free. That's why I believe that God is using th this fire for, for our nation. Now we're seeing legislation that is being changed. Now we're seeing leaders that are emerging. Now we're seeing statues of white supremacy that are now coming down because God is using the fire to burn up everything that had us bound. That's why I believe that, that the church is going through this fire because God is trying to burn up the, 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 those things that, have, that has us bound. God is burning up the traditions that we don't need anymore. God is burning up the, the, the attitudes that, that doesn't help us in this time. God is burning up the mindsets and the worldview because when God gets active, God uses the fire to burn up everything that we don't need. And not only does he burn up, but God begins to cover us. The Bible says that when they came out the fire, it didn't even look like they'd been through the fire. The clothes wasn't burned. And the text says that they didn't even smell like smoke because God has a way of covering us in the midst of the fire. And when they were brought up out the fire, the text says that everybody came and surrounded them and they were amazed. Matter of fact, King Nebuchadnezzar began to praise God himself because you and I are able to survive the fire because God is amazing. That's all I got to say right there, that God is amazing, that other folk will see how God is so awesome, how God is so amazing in your life. When you and I learn how to go through the fire, holding on to our faith and root ourselves in God, God has a way of showing everybody else how amazing God is, how awesome God is. That's why God puts us in the fire to begin with, because God wants us to go through the fire to be a witness to somebody else. God wants us to go through the fire just to show other people how amazing God is because when they see you and I come up out the fire, we ain't got no other choice but to point everybody back to God. There's no way that this degree can help you through this fire. There's no way that your money can help you through this fire. There's no way that your relationships and friendships and networking can get you through this fire. But when you come on the other end of the fire, all you can say is this, that God helped me, that God delivered me, that God covered me. Because when God gets in the midst of the fire, you can testify to other folk, no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. When God gets you out the fire, you can testify that I'm more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. When God gets you up out the fire, you can testify that he that is within me is greater than he that is within the world. And everybody can stand in astonishment and amazement because God God is so awesome that God has given us everything we need to survive the fire. Y'all, I'm done with my little message now. I just wanted to let you know that you can survive the fire. Pastor Johnson has been trying to help us to understand that we're storm survivors, that God has given us everything that we need 
to survive the storm, to survive the fire. And the good news about it is that God will get in the fire with us. This father, Ian O'Reilly in Massachusetts, he was walking with his family in this trail. And he said that we would take this walk all the time. It was a normal walk for us. Then all of a sudden on this particular day, this coyote came out of nowhere and began to attack his son. Ian O'Reilly in Massachusetts, he says that we would take this normal walk on this trail. And then all of a sudden, this coyote came out and attacked my son. He says, he says that my wife was able to pull my son away. But then I realized that the coyote kept going after my family. And so Ian O'Reilly says, the only way that I knew how to, to destroy this coyote was I had to get in between the coyote and my family. And he says that once I got in between the coyote and my family, I was then in position to destroy the coyote. Homeboy literally killed the coyote. He ended up with wounds, but he was able to overcome the coyote and save his family because he got in between his family and what was trying to destroy his family. And now they're, they're safe now. Now they're alive and well because the father got in between what was trying to destroy his son and his family. And that reminded me of an old story over 2,000 years ago. God became flesh and dwelt among us. And when God became flesh and dwelt among us, Jesus got in the way between me and sin, between me and death. And even though he came out with wounds in his hands and wounds in his feet and a scar on his head, he still came out with victory. He was able to overcome death because he got in the way between me and sin. That's why I can thank God for all the things that I've been through. God will get in the midst of what I'm going through and give me victory. That's my word to you today, that even though you're in the fire, don't give up on God. Don't give up on your family. Don't give up on the church, but allow God to get in the midst. And I'm a witness that God will give you everything you need to survive the fire. Let us pray. God, our Father, thank you so much for the power of your word. Thank you, God, that you can speak to us through these ancient texts and give us everything that we need to survive the hell that we go through, the fires that we face, the storms that we are in. God, forgive us when we became, when we were under the influence of the soundtrack of, of our culture and, and we were silent to what was going on. God, I pray that you will give us the strength to take a stand, even though we have to face the fire. But God, we are not surprised when we face fiery trials because we know that you are using that to break every chain. You are using that to set us free. You are using that to, to give us your spirit and your grace that will show other people that there is a God that gets involved, that there is a God that cares, and that nothing can separate us from the love that you have for us. So God, I pray for somebody who isn't saved, that they'll make that commitment today. They'll get connected to the church and they won't give up on you in the midst of their fire because we know, God, that you have given us everything we need to survive. We're more than conquerors in Jesus Christ. And we believe in it done right now in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.